and you're listening to Unsung Unwrapped. And this episode is about Shannon. about this episode, Nikki? I actually enjoyed it. Okay. Because to be honest with you, I hadn't thought about Shannon since Shannon came out in the 80s. Yeah. Right? So thinking, oh, that takes me back to like this great period of time Mm -hmm. before I actually got stuck into a genre of music. Yeah. You're more eclectic than me. All right, so tell me how you felt about the episode. Man, this episode was one of the episodes from this season I was looking forward to the most. Because this is one of the reasons why I love Unsung so much. You know, it's like we're digging into the lives and the stories of artists that are truly unsung. And I think Shannon's music has been the part, uh, the soundtrack of so many different people's lives. Not just in R&B, but, but them calling her like the queen of freestyle. Yes. You know, like anyone that like dance music, disco, whatever. They know, you know, Shannon let the music play, you know, her yes. biggest hit. Um, being from South Jersey, I am a big fan of freestyle music. So I know a lot about Shannon and I know about Lisa Lisa. And I also know about the, I'd say like the lesser known um, freestyle artists like Lizette Melendez, um, Cynthia. Knowing that they did this on Shannon makes me want to, makes me hoping that hope that they will do something on like Joyce Sims and Joyce Sims. Yes. Um, yeah. So I feel like she's, Shannon is more well known, but it made me think of like artists like, you know, Joyce Sims and just that whole era. It, it I was really happy about this episode. I thought about with Unsung, to me, Unsung stands for somebody who's contributed to the movement, mm-hmm. but hasn't necessarily been recognized the way they should have. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think this was a great episode because yeah. really Shannon, she led the way to what we now know as house music. Yeah. Right. And so I'm listening like, wow, when I was watching I'm like, this is the predecessor to house. Yeah. Well, I would say knowing what I do know about house music, because okay. I am also, I am a house head too, yes. as well, too, as well. Um, I think she, I feel like house is in its separate category when it comes to dance, this type of dance music. Like okay. Dance music is like the umbrella, mm-hmm. but there's house. I think Shannon's popular appeal may have led to house music being, or some some forms of house music being more widely acceptable in popular music. I like that idea. You understand what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you have, if you have like house, you have like Chicago house, where I feel it originated, which okay. is very separate from what Shannon was doing in New York with dance music. But when Pete, when there was that whole era where dance music was becoming more widely accepted on the radio, then yeah, absolutely, that did open the door for um, artists like Black Box. Okay, remember like Everybody, right. Everybody, yes. and like CC CNC Music Factory. You know, artists like that and that whole time. So Shannon definitely was the precursor to that era in popular music. I like the fact that she represented a melting pot of the New York community. Yeah, she really did. Right. It does. She's listening, like, I'm listening to African music, and I'm listening to salsa, and I'm passionate about this. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I can bring this all together and celebrate what's me, Mm -hmm. the the music style that's actually me, Mm -hmm. 
So many artists don't get to do that because they're put into a box. Yeah. So I'm actually singing a style of music that is personal to me Mm -hmm. and not somebody making me do something because they like my voice and I don't actually care for the genre. Right. Right. Because I'm thinking about like pink. Mm -hmm. I know it seems like where did pink come from? But yeah. remember when pink came out, she sang R&B. Right. And then she was like, I can't do this. This is not who I am. Mm-hmm. I need to embrace what I need to embrace and what I love. And mm-hmm. so she soared yeah. because she sang what was dear and near to her heart. Yeah. Same thing with Shannon. All right. So we are introduced to Shannon growing up in the rough and tough streets of New York. Yes. Loving Music, living above a pool hall, uh-huh. dancing and jamming, coming down, getting into what she loved. Like from a very early age, she knew. Yeah, she knew what she wanted to do really early on. That that was it, right? And so she started singing, um, participating in groups. And she was actually at a record stu- uh, studio, I believe, mm-hmm. and rehearsing with a group when somebody else heard her sing. And they were like, wait a minute. There's a voice mm-hmm. that we can use on a song that's being developed right now. So that's mm-hmm. how she met Chris Balbosa, mm-hmm. right? And when they heard her sing, it was like, this is the right voice mm-hmm. for the right song for such a time as this. <laughs> Nobody else auditioned for the song. Like, that's how convincing she was. Yeah. When those lyrics came in front of her and she presented, she sang... It was her song instantly. And she says, the song that you hear that we know as Let the Music Play, Mm -hmm. that was like a first take. Yeah, which was originally called Fire and Ice. Right. Um, So that's the song that we, I I don't know anybody that does not know that song. Would you slide around in your kitchen and dance to it? I would in my socks. Yeah. After school. Making up dances. You spinning circles. Spinning in circles during (laughs) during the bridge. It was powerful. Her vocals were so powerful that you're just like, okay, this is dance. I can jam to it. Oh, you could definitely jam to it. But there was also something very soulful about her vocal performance. Very powerful. You can be powerful, but not be soulful. She was powerful Mm -hmm. and soulful. And I think that that added or enhanced our experience with the song. And don't forget roller skating. This is a huge roller skating jam. That's true. I couldn't skate so that well, so I wasn't roller skating. But everybody else, uh, I was I was bopping my head at the roller yeah. skating ring. It's a huge roller skating jam. One thing that I really liked about it, I saw um I saw another dance party USA flashback. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I always appreciate. Right. Shout out to Dance Party USA. Otherwise known as Dancing on Air. So it was a Dancing on Air flashback before it was Dance Party USA. So I always appreciate those. Can I just say mm-hmm. Her image. Mm. This was a nice brown skin sister. You know what? For real. For real. Shout out to the women of color. <laughs> and everybody doesn't have to be as light as Beyonce. Um, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. But, you know, I, I, sometimes we like a little coffee. Or sometimes that's not that's not an image that you see so much of. She looked truly like an African-American woman. Her hair texture, the celebration of the natural hair. A micro braids icon, if yes, you will. Right. With the with the 80s big hair. Pioneer. Right. Exactly. Big hair, big micro hair. braids. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. To me, she was beautiful. So to me, young black girls seeing this image. Wait a minute. 
I can do house music, mm-hmm. right? I can do this kind of party type of Pretty dance music, music yeah. this Latin style music, and I can look like her. Yeah. And we kind of underestimate how these influences can affect somebody else's trajectory, mm-hmm. right? Another young girl saying, maybe this is what I want to do. Yeah. So I say shout out to her celebrating who she was and for record companies not trying to change her physical exactly. image. Exactly, not trying to change her physical image. They didn't try to straighten her hair. Mm-hmm. You you don't look commercial enough. Right. This was the vein of music she was in. Yeah. And you could be as eclectic and different and celebrate who you were as you wanted to be. So Off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone else doing the type of music that looked like Shannon. No. Outside of Joy, I keep coming back to Joy Sims, except for Joy Sims, but um, but as visible as Shannon was, right? I I don't remember in my childhood um, seeing anyone like that. So I do believe. I mean, I I love that they give her props for starting the movement called Latin Freestyle, yes, which is huge, which has been influenced by the music of Africa Bambata, but also influenced by Latin music. Uh, freestyle music is kind of one of those things that like if you love it you really love it but if you hate it you really, really hate it, hate it. And I think for Shannon's career she is one of the very few along with Elisa Lisa that if you normally don't like freestyle music you still like their music right and so I think that's huge for because them. I don't think I actually liked freestyle music mm-hmm at that age, I didn't know what freestyle music was. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to listen to a whole bunch of that. Mm-hmm. But I just loved her. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't tell you that I was sold out to freestyle music. Yeah. Like, you're more sold out than I am. Mm-hmm. But it, I guess because it still felt kind of like a little R&B to me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can dig this. I'm, yeah. I'm okay. It doesn't have to be that hardcore R&B, that beat. Mm-hmm. The, the the power behind the, the instrumental beat, mm-hmm. I'm like, you can just dance and sweat and make sure you have a relaxer before you go out <laughs> on the dance floor. Because you're going to have an afro. You are going to sweat. Yeah. Relaxer and deodorant. That's the type. <laughs> that is the type of power this song had. It was a must-have. And I think Shannon's, I think Let the Music Play also just has the best of all those elements. Yes. You know, the best of R&B. The best of pop with the catchiness. You know, the yes. best of dance. All of that. One thing that it, um, another thing that it did for her was she was nominated for a Grammy, which is unheard of with dance music. And it was the first dance gold album. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. That was Give Me the Night, which we're going to get to. But even though we were talking about all the great things about this album or this song, something that's not so great about it is that she only made 34 thousand dollars and never not got another dime and has that. not seen another dime i literally have like <laughs> on my notes have record labels always been trash like that is <laughs> my notes like is this where we're just this? i mean i've of course i've known about the music industry but in watching and talking about all these episodes this season is like so it's just every record label's just been trash. But she was also signed to two record labels. So everybody You're right. had her had their hands in the pot. Yeah. And you don't really know what you're worth when you're brand new to the business. Yeah. Right? You don't know it's what another you're case worth. of that. For sure. You're right. She was signed to both Emergency and Mirage. Mm-hmm. Um, Emergency was Chris Barbosa's label. So it's like you have, you know, the man sitting next to the man next to me <laughs> like all these like extra people shannon got the leftovers yeah all right i don't want to go too deep in that because you know that's for another part Ugh, another segment i want to go there so so mad but she did a lot just with that one single 
Which leads me to my jam, my favorite Shannon song, Give Me Two Nights. Right, it was her second number one dance uh, hit, right? Mm -hmm. On Billboard and Top 10 R&B. That song's amazing. That song is amazing. Okay, tell me what you love about the song. I love the vocal. I love the bridge. I love how it leads up to the chorus. I love, it's just a song that you just have to like, yell when you sing especially at the end so my question to you is uh-huh. gonna throw it out here uh-huh. if you take her vocals off of it would the song be powerful if you think another artist could do it as well you know what I thought of this sounds weird but the Pointer Sisters could have killed Give Me Tonight that's true if you think about that era think about the 80s you right. think about when they had Jump when they had Automatic mm-hmm. Neutron Dance. That, Remember those kind of songs? Yes. If you would have given Bonnie Pointer Give Me Tonight. Yes. Bruh. Like, <laughs> that would have been amazing. So that that gives a shout out to yeah. the actual instrumentation, the development of the song, as well mm-hmm. as the vocals. Can we get the Pointer Sisters? <laughs> now, what is that? You want to remix? You want to cover? Can we get the Pointer Sisters? Okay, well, you write that letter. Give me send that tweet see what happens well you know a lot of artists like once they reach like a you know an older part point in their career do like cover songs i mean that's what i'm like. not against it but write that no, tweet. no one is asking me to produce albums right now so never mind but yeah no that's that's an incredible song and back to what you were saying about like her opening the door for different people i think just back to that point crystal waters you know what I mean like all those straight up house songs yes that she's had that charted on pop radio what CeCe Peniston CeCe Peniston is another one yeah we gotta give it up for Shannon this is a total this unsung needed to happen she's the godmother yeah if you really think about it like if we did like a tribute show yeah we would have to include her and then have people do an old term. Yeah. Even so, I don't hear Shannon included in a lot of conversations when it comes to dance. Why do you think that is? Well, we got to talk about more about her career. I mean, when we see what happened, I think people think of, you know, those two main songs. Right. And then what started to happen with her being on another label and then them trying to push her as a pop artist. Now... Can I tell you, her second album, right, which led off with the Do You Want to Get Away, I didn't remember it as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right? There's a third single. um, She has Stronger Together. And I didn't hear that. I didn't know that song at all. Like, at Mm -hmm. all. I said, it feels different. It wasn't as infectious to me. Yeah. It's just what's so disappointing about this part, this point in her career is that they just started screwing up with a really good formula that was right. fine. You know, there's some I have here that she said, I think we put the idea of being a pop artist ahead of being a successful artist. She was already successful. People already liked what she was doing. There was no need to stray away from that formula. She was fine. She had she did that cover of Urgent by Foreigner. Like, who asked for that? Like, who even wanted that? Well, she didn't want it. She didn't even want it. <laughs> she's like, she's like, why are we going to take it out of the vein that it's in? And you want me to do my thing to it? This is actually a song that should be left alone. Left completely alone. But again, 
as we're going to get into later, there's a constant conflict yeah. between the artist and the music industry, mm-hmm. the music business. You know, there's another cover she did. They didn't mention it in here. She did a cover of Vanity Six's Sex Shooter. Really? Not necessary. Don't even bother. That's not a song you think you'd want to cover. Why would you want to cover? It's fine. First of all, Van- only Vanity Six at that time should have been doing songs right. like Sex Shooter. Le- that's their lane. Let that be their, their lane. lane. It's okay. just so unfortunate. There was no need for her to be doing this type of material when everything that she was doing and working with was Grammy nominated and went gold and on different charts. Like, why would you want to screw that up at this point? Sometimes people don't know how to leave good enough alone. They really do not. And so I guess that brings us to mm-hmm. the six degrees of the bar. So if you've ever seen Unsung, you know that the best episode that has ever occurred is the story of the barge it is two full hours and that still wasn't enough what well, we need a real movie but it's two full hours of the ups and the downs and the trials and the tribulations of the barge family Ooh. and based off of that we try to kind of compare measure every episode that followed based off of the six degrees of the barge things that are they found in every episode maybe maybe not let's go and see (laughs) all right so we talk about the first degree which is church so there's some um connection with church right shannon's father sang with the other gospel groups Mm -hmm. the mighty clouds of joy there's a church background there for sure right the five blonde boys um, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Of Alabama. Yeah. And she said that she felt like her dad wanted everybody to sing gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that, that is the genre. But she was very clear mm-hmm. that she embraced world music. Mm-hmm. So she did not necessarily have that personal connection. She wasn't trained um, in gospel. Right. Singing in the church where right. a lot of the other artists are. That's like their initiation. That's mm-hmm. their free vocal um, tutoring. Mm-hmm. That's their artist development, their stage, That's stage. coaching. Yes, yes everything. That, right. So her father, I guess there's some influence there. She has powerful vocals, mm-hmm. but not necessarily a gospel sound. Right. Um, addiction. No. no mention. Thank God. <laughs> I'm so glad that that seemed to escape this episode. When it Even came during the hard times. Yeah. She, there was something in her that even during the hardest periods of her life, mm-hmm. she just didn't go there. Yeah. Where other people have, mm-hmm. and we can understand are tempted mm-hmm. to partake in some substance abuse yeah. when your career is on the downhill, mm-hmm. when there are other challenges in your family life. Yeah. She actually stayed clean. Yeah, she stayed clean. And, and even, I mean, in the dancing, in the like disco era, right. where everybody thought that cocaine was like gum. Like, you know, like it wasn't a great comparison. It wasn't an issue. Like it was like this is just you know gum. Um, to know that she's she looks healthy, she sounds healthy. Yes, being in that genre, I think is commendable. So the third degree. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about business relationships. That was a meaty section. I mean, we already talked about how she's seen 34k from Let the Music Play, knowing that somebody is in New York playing it right now. 
at least five stations right somewhere playing it right now across the country right so she talks about how she got into the business she was very young she says she was very ignorant to the business um i went to someone to help me out with this which was the accountant that she was working with that's it that's it that's That's it. it And they didn't have any background in the music business because once again, why are you signed to two labels? Yeah. When you are signed to a label, they're going to get a chunk of your money, Mm -hmm. anything you make. So if you're signed to two labels. Yeah, don't be signed to two labels. That's double the chunk. Yeah. Why? It kind of goes back to the Drew Hill episode. Yes, go ahead. When um, Hiram Little Seymour Hicks. (laughs) Thugnificent. He (laughs) decided... He was like, we don't pay Drew Hill directly. Drew Hill was signed to yada yada, which was signed to yada yada. Right. Like he, you know, he's like, we don't pay them directly. So when you have that many hands in the pot, you're not going to see your check. And much like Drew Hill, you're going to see... Um, and Roxanne Shante is another example. You're going to see more money from touring and doing shows than you will ever see from your recordings. So then you go into dun 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 dun. I actually typed this right when the when the narrator is talking. <laughs> I love him. But behind the scenes, tensions had escalated between Shannon and her label throughout the making of her second album. Shannon wanted to have more control over her sound. <laughs> yes, Gary like, Williams. Do you like my vocals? Yes. with the Gary Williams impersonation yes. because she's an artist. She wants to have some control over the direction that she's going in. Mm -hmm. And the record label says, no, because we know better than you. How dare you want to have authority over your own career? So often they treat artists like an object, right? So it's not a case of a refrigerator. And today I want to be the microwave. I want to drive my own train. You're an artist. Mm -hmm. So imagine an artist and, and they have no voice. You have muzzled them. You will perform. You will do what I tell you to do. And your own instinct, your own passions, none of that can come forth. It's so weird to me. I don't, that's something about labels that I've never been able to understand. It's like, if you know that you want something in particular in an artist, sign an artist that's doing that or that's already doing that. Why would you put your money behind someone? Because you can see them being something completely different. Like just... Sign someone that's doing what it is that you already want them to do. I'll challenge that. Okay. Because who you are today, even if you sign somebody today Mm -hmm. and that's who they are, doesn't mean that's who they'll be two years from now. Mm -hmm. Because we all as individuals grow, we evolve. So that's who somebody, an artist was at one point. But what happens three years later? Like how many times have we listened to artists and it's like, okay, we love them. And Mm -hmm. then... Six years down the line, it's like, well, what happened to their sound? And they're in a different place. Yeah. But don't turn Donnie, uh, Donnie, don't turn Donna Summer into Dolly Parton. <laughs> that would be interesting. You know what I mean? If you want Dolly Parton, <laughs> sign Dolly Parton. That's true. Don't make Donna Summer into Dolly Parton. But I think, I think record companies feel that they know best. And there has to be a, a genuine marriage, a give and take mm-hmm. in this business because there's an artistry. But also, we have to pay attention that the the business part of it, they're keeping their ears to the, the proverbial streets. Yeah, yeah. And when yeah. things are changing, 
You know, like Janet Jackson's coming out. Janet's not about to be That's Janet Jackson. That's true. That was a big deal. They were like, look at Janet, who can do dance music, for sure. I mean, she had, I'm trying to think, I'm sure there had to have been some Jelly Bean Benitez club mixes. Right. You know, from the Control album. Like, she had mega dance remixes from that. But let Janet be Janet. Like, <laughs> but you're trying to hop on that train. Yeah. Right? How is that not like Christopher Williams and getting him on the Bobby Brown train? <laughs> Which he quickly got off of. He got off he of it. He did not stay on that But the record company's like, we know what to do. We're yeah. going to put you on a photocopier and make you, <laughs> give you a, a Gumby, as much of a Gumby without it being a Gumby. They really did do We're that. going to get you a, a, a fake Teddy Riley beat. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to do this thing. How is that different than Shannon? That was funny. <laughs> I'm so glad that was like real quick. And then he just got off that train. It's the same <laughs> yeah, thing. It, it really was, is. So there has to be a mutual type of respect mm -hmm. for the artist as well as the music. Yeah. Right. The music business, because they're in it to make money. So they're always concerned that your artistry may not be profitable. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's the case. We and do sometimes that. that's the case. I don't. I just, I, it just makes me sad that Shannon's career did not have the legs that it should have gotten based on who she already was. I really feel like we got gypped from some really, what could have possibly been some really great Shannon songs, more dance songs to her catalog, had this not happened. And then we have, so we had Sylvia Rome come in. There's a changing of the guard. We hear about that so often. So often. Changing of the guard usually means changing in direction. Mm -hmm. And then they have, she puts out a, Shanna puts out a third album. Mm -hmm. And this one she's really excited about because she is the executive producer. Yeah. She has the final say. And boom, 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 boom. Dun, 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 dun. The record company does not get behind it. <sighs> no. And Shannon says, well, look, it's not going to go smoothly. Like, if you don't support mine, I'm not going to support yours. If you don't support my vision, mm -hmm. I'm not going to support yours. I really respected her for that. She put her foot down for real. Did she That's think they, they so were going to change their position? Though? No, but she knew she wasn't going to change hers. And she said, she, <laughs> yeah. she said that she got a part of that, like, you're going to have to do it my way from her dad. Yeah. So I guess she's like, here's my standard and I'm not going to change for anyone. Yeah. If even if that means the end of my record career, I don't want to say a music career because music is always with you. Mm -hmm. But it might be the end of your recording career as mm. you know it. Yeah, yeah. So I do give her props for, hey, this is what I believe. This music is in my soul. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not changing for anyone. Yeah. She's a strong woman. I really, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed in this episode because I had never seen her just be, sit, you know, and, and speak. So to hear that part of her was really great for me. So I have a lot of respect for her for that. But after, at that point, she got off Atlantic, toured Europe mm -hmm. and performed with no new music. Um, and also she kept her career alive in Europe. One thing that Lisa Lisa said, and I've heard this numerous times from so many different artists is that she said when when we've had our low we went overseas because they appreciate the music yes. they appreciate music so much more than we do over here in the states so much more over image you have people that don't even sing or speak the language of these songs but they know every word in english because of how much they really enjoy our culture and our music in the united states we get bored very easily yeah like, it really is a hot minute. We love it. And then we've moved on. We're so, well, I'll say we, as a society, so visual, you know, and we don't 
appreciate the music as, as much as we should. And it's, it's sad. I hate that there are artists that can only do well if they're overseas. How is that any different when you go right on back to like Josephine Baker, mm. who wasn't amazing, yeah. but she didn't get truly appreciated till she went to Europe. Mm-hmm. That's when she got appreciated. So it just kind of shows that we have our own biases. Yeah. We have um, a very short attention span when it comes to artistry. Mm-hmm. And we usually don't appreciate it until years later. Yeah. Right. Then you get that kind of second life. Oh, I remember that song, how it made me feel. But it's like, oh, we're on to the next thing. But thank God for overseas because that wasn't the case. You still get a check. Yeah. It wasn't the case. A lot of the artists that we love would not be able to make a living off of the music um, that they've made, for one. And I think for some artists that are bigger overseas, it actually helps them to live a little easier life over here. You know, like you might be recognized over here, right. but over there you're not. So it's like you can go over there, be real big for a summer, <laughs> come back over here, live a somewhat normal life. life. Ooh, I like that. Listen, if I had one single that was big in Japan and not over here, that's how I'd be living. You could be like a superhero. That's you could be, be like Clark Kent. Just going to Trader Joe's, living my life. And then go over there, go to Japan. put your cape on, oh and my just gosh. rock out. Listen, one song, just one song. Um, Relational issues. Not really. Not really. Except the death of her mother. That she she talks about how she did everything for her mother. Yeah. Right? Her mm-hmm. mother ended up being legally blind mm-hmm. and going deaf. And so she was the caretaker, the financial provider. Mm-hmm. And her mother's passing was devastating to yeah. her. She actually says, I stayed in her place, meaning her mother's place, Mm -hmm. for like six months. And there was no telephone. Mm -hmm. There was nothing, only a sofa. So I had to try to do something in my life. And I love this part. Mm -hmm. I said, I got to get out of here. I got to get myself back together. I have to get back on the road. You know, we really just can't lay here and and lay down and die. After six months, I commend her for that, for sure. Because it's a decision. It's a hard decision. It is a hard decision. But she made the decision that I shall live and not die. Hey. Give a word. Hey. Why don't you? All right. I shall live and not die. All right. In this valley right here. She got up and she got a second win. Yeah. Right? Because she got a phone call from Todd Terry. Todd Terry. This is where, okay, this is where my love for club music comes in. Because we already talked about Jellybean Benitez. Okay. We're talking about Todd Terry right now. That whole era. I love, I still listen to Todd Terry club mixes on YouTube. Do you really? <laughs> I do. I do. I have like a whole like section of like house music, like playlists on my Okay. On my explain channel. who Todd Terry is for those who don't know. Todd Terry is a house music DJ and producer. And much like... Early on in Shannon's career, when somebody was like, oh, I have a song that she can be on. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, um, it's not even so much like an album deal. It might be a producer that has a club producer, club DJ, that has a song that they want a particular singer on. It's been that way for like Martha Wash. It's been that way for like a couple of newer Jody Watley songs. Um, yeah, you know, people that... We're, we might have been so used to hearing albums from them earlier. Now it's just been like singles that do very well in club circuits. Isn't that the kind of generation we're in now? Right? Where it's a lot of singles. Yeah. You don't, to, you don't even have to have a whole project. Yeah, this one <laughs> hot song, these two hot songs. Yeah. But for her, it gave 
her a second life. Yeah. And it reminded her that she wasn't forgotten about. Yeah. And her vocals were impeccable. It's so good. I love what she said about what she did with the song, how she was able, she was like, okay, I'm not used to a BPM this high, like a speed this high on a song. So I, you know, altered in, in the way I wrote it. It just shows she really is a true artist. I think a lot of people think, oh, she just sang on top of this track. And that's not what she did. She went ahead, she made it her own. It was successful. Okay, so it looks like it's going to be a great life for her, but it didn't. She didn't find that continued success after his song. Yeah, like the song was called um, "It's Over Love," right? Number one on the dance charts, and I think we thought at some point like right. it was going to be like, "Wait, this is going to be the resurgence of brand new music for her," and that's not really the road she went down. No, but but like. Everything else, mm -hmm. what is old one day, yes. comes back around yes. and finds a second and third life mm -hmm. on these tours where you can get Shannon and yep. Lisa Lisa and all these other artists and relive your youth. Let me tell you something. I caught me a really good freestyle tribute show. It was two years ago. And it was the first like one I've gone to since, you know, Freestyle had like his heyday, heyday. So this was definitely like a tribute show. And I got my entire life. Okay. It was <laughs> it was Lisa Lisa. It was the Jets. You love the Jets. You know I love the Jets. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> you know I love the Jets. Um, Lisa Lisa, the Jets, Stevie B. Okay. Which is another one. Like for for instance, you may not love freestyle. But chances are you like Spring Love. Right. You know what I'm saying? You like Spring Love. Um, um, Sweet Sensation, um, Cover Girls, Expose. Oh, Expose. <laughs> See? Expose. Like, if it wasn't for Shannon, we wouldn't have had Expose. Oh, gosh. Remember, Ex like, that was the I have era. the best of Expose. Come Stop on. playing. Come on. That's the same vein. So, like, yeah, this was such a good show. If it wasn't for these freestyle tribute shows, we wouldn't. Not only would we not be able to experience like that nostalgia and the hate, but a lot of these artists would not be able to make a living if it wasn't for like these package shows that go around the country and around the world. Okay, so based on this, mm -hmm. happily ever after or never ending story? I feel like it's her happy ever after. Happily Absolutely. ever after. I feel like it too. Why? I feel like she's at a place of peace. I feel like she's at a place where she's able to see people appreciate her. And I think that's really important. Like that scene where she's going out to sing and people are like singing her songs and they're so happy. And even though I wish it would include new music, I think she's in a really good place where she's getting to see the appreciation that so many of us have for her music. So I think it's a happy ever after. I agree with you. And for the same reasons, mm -hmm. she's seeing the appreciation. And most importantly, she has found peace. Mm -hmm. And she looks amazing. She looks so good. She yeah. is the epitome of black does not crack. And, or crinkle because that, I mean. I need to know her moisturizer. For real. I'm like, what are you eating and what are you not eating? Okay, so here's the part I'm going to ask you. Mm -hmm. What lessons should any up and coming artist take away from this unsung episode? Know who you are. Don't waver and be prepared to not have a record deal. <laughs> if, you if, need decide, be. if need be, it can't, you can't hold things so tight that you're like, oh, I'm going to lose this. If the end of the day, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and know that you stayed true to being yourself. And I think that's important almost for anything, really, okay. but particularly for her. 
So we want to know what you thought about this episode, Shannon's episode of Unsung. Did you enjoy it? Were you anticipating it? Were you concerned about whatever happened to Shannon? Did it give you the nostalgic vibes that it gave me back in the heyday of freestyle music and dance music? Let us know what your favorite Shannon songs are. We want to know what you think. Please go to our Facebook group page and tell us what you thought. You can follow Unsung Unwrapped on Twitter, Facebook page, as we mentioned, as well as Instagram. And you can also leave your comments there. So uh, check us out anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I'm Toya Haynes. I'm Nikki Wright. And you have listened to Unsung Unwrapped. Unsung Unwrapped is produced by Lynn Webb, a.k.a. The Bat Dribble, at The Bat Base in Philadelphia. 